Hi, my name is Mark Kelly. I'm one of the leaders here at City Church Leeds, and I want to thank you for downloading this podcast. We hope that it blesses, encourages, and inspires you. For more information about us, please visit citychurchleads.net or find us on all the usual social media websites. Take care and enjoy what's coming up. actually said can you all hear me at the back and one fellow says I can hear you perfectly but we'll gladly exchange places with someone who can't <laughs> I really like that <laughs> I like anti-social media because <clears throat> you can beat people up without getting your knuckles sore yes <laughs> thank you Okay, if you've got your Bibles with you, switch them on, please. That's in deference to Mark. <laughs> or if you've got one of these old-fashioned things with paper. Do you remember paper? That's the stuff. Thanks, Pete. That's the stuff that they said computers would do away with. <laughs> and they seem to, it seems to generate more and more, doesn't it? There's only three or four computers in the world. Is that right? Well, I'm so old, I can remember logging on to the Sheffield computer with paper tape. Yeah, I've still got it somewhere. Not the computer, the paper tape. Praise God. Open your Bibles or scroll down to Psalm 42. We'll start there and see how we go. Praise God. Okay, you all got that? Good, we'll read something else then. (laughs) Praise God. The wonderful thing of coming into the things of the Spirit is that you can laugh on a Sunday. (laughs) As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all the day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude keeping festival. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. If I read the New American Standard of that verse 5, it would say, Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him for the help of His presence. That's the New American Standard rendering of that verse. Quite like that. For the help of His presence. (laughs) 
Well, I believe that God engineers situations and allows situations to occur that we feel uncomfortable in. I'm sure that's why he called me to be a preacher. I don't actually feel sick anymore on the time I'm going to preach, but I do feel very nervous, and I've been doing it nearly 30 years, and you'd think it would go away, wouldn't you? Because <clears throat> I could teach just about anybody how to get a three-point sermon out of most passages in the Scripture, particularly Paul's letters. Not difficult to do it. The question is not that. The question is, is this what God once said to this group of people at this time? That's the issue. And I believe this is what it is. And if it isn't and I'm wrong, I apologize. Won't be the first time. I was introduced in, into New Life Church alongside Dave Bunting. And Dave Bunting, it was said of him, is the gro most gracious man that this person had ever met. And I'd agree with that. And they introduced me as someone who knows how to apologize very well. That was how they introduced me. <clears throat> Once prayed to the Lord, you know, Lord, if you gave me a million pounds, I wouldn't have to trouble you month by month about money. <laughs> and God said, I know. And that was the answer. <laughs> Have you noticed how Jesus answers in these idiosyncratic, incongruous ways that don't fit? You remember those in John 12? Some people, some Greeks came to Jesus. We want to see Jesus, they said to Philip. And Philip went and got Andrew, and the two of them went to Jesus. Some Greeks want to see you. What was Jesus' answer? It wasn't like we would say, well, let me get my diary out. Yes, I can. No, I can't. And, oh, well, let's make an appointment in three weeks' time. No. He said, now is the time for the Son of Man to be glorified. Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it abides by itself. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. And I can just imagine Philip and Andrew saying, Oh, cheers, we've got to go and tell these blokes that now. What's that got to do anything? What he was talking about, of course, it was a prophetic statement. He was going to be sown into the earth through death and then resurrection, but every single believer on him would be a representation of the Christ in the whole earth. All the world's going to see Jesus in you and me. Told you you were good. Now, this psalmist didn't feel good. Anybody experience, you've experienced that lately, haven't you? Not feeling too good. He's yearning for God. I said to my wife when I was reading this, I do sometimes talk to her. <clears throat> she said to me, you haven't spoken to me for a fortnight. I said I didn't like to interrupt. I wish I'd thought of these myself. I just remember them. Other folks have said them. It's, it's saying, my soul thirsts for God. It's an intense desire. When shall I come and appear before God? Literally, it means, when shall I come and see the face of God? 
when can I get this intimacy with God? As, as we read on, he, he's known it before. He used to lead the procession to the house of God, a people keeping festival, great shouts of praise and celebration. But at this moment, in, he's in a turmoil. He's in a mess. You could say he's on the brink of losing his faith. And he's crying out to God, where are you? Even my companions are saying to me, where's your God? This Jesus you keep going on about and talking to me. How come you're in a mess and he's your God? How come we don't fix it for you? Never mind anybody else. And these are taunting him. It's wearing him down. Have you ever felt that sort of taunting, not from the outside, but from the inside? Where is this God? I've been praying for this. I've been praying for my friend to get well, and it keeps getting worse. We had a chap went and prayed for a lady, she died. We called him Killer Crabtree after that. Now, come and lay hands, don't lay hands on me. <laughs> I'm not ready yet. <laughs> but you know that, don't you? Sometimes it feels worse. Or am I on my own? <clears throat> As I was reading this passage, it reminded me of the book of Haggai. In Haggai chapter 2, there, God is saying through the prophet, is there anybody here remembers this temple, how it used to be? Does this one seem like nothing by comparison? I picked up an old directory a few months back of New Life Church. I don't know why I sit on the stairs to do this, but I sat on the stairs and I read this directory and started to cry. And I was weeping because 89 people out of that directory were no longer with us. Broke my heart. Truth was, some of them had never been with us. Just the bodies were there. Bryn used to say, when people leave the church, you know, it's only the body going. The heart and mind went way before that. Yeah. <laughs> but it broke my heart. And I remember, I remember a young man, probably only about 17, preaching. And we meet in a place called the Winding Wheel. We usually meet in the ballroom which seats about 250, 250 people. But we'd grown, it was a joint meeting when the three congregations came together and this 17-year-old was preaching at that and we couldn't get in upstairs, we had to go in the downstairs which seats 800. And it went and dipped. And I could remember what it used to be like. And it feels cold and it feels hard. But just like Haggai, this man says, if I can find it, lost my page. You see, that's the advantage of these electronic ones. The wind doesn't blow them over, does it? <laughs> Wait while the battery runs out, I'll still be here. <coughs> Why are you cast down, O my soul? 
He starts to speak to himself. Instead of listening to himself, do you ever do that? Listen to yourself? Talk to me, please. I'm, I'm feeling lonely up here. <clears throat> we once had one of them medical books, you know, a home doctor. And I got a sore throat, and I, I, I got about three weeks to live by the time I'd read that. Frighten me to death. Got rid of that. <laughs> I was listening to myself. Now, if I get a sore throat, I never say I'm getting a cold. I said I'm fighting a cold. I'm taking a stand. If, if an enemy was trying to get in my house, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I used to be six foot three, but being married to Susie, I'll tell you, <clears throat> it's wonderful. You should try No, you shouldn't try it. <laughs> what I'm saying is I'm only five foot and a bit, but if anybody was coming in our house to damage my family, I'd fight to the death. Any man would, wouldn't they? Of course they would. I'd either stop them or die trying. Well, why can't we do that with a sore throat? Why can't we resist? I say, you're not coming on me. Why should I have you? Didn't ask for you. Clear off. Unfortunately, I tend to do this while I'm brushing my teeth, so all mirrors got all spots on it. <laughs> Susan says to me, you've been talking to yourself again, haven't you? Why should I have had to clean mirror? could hardly see through it. I'm not very cultured, you see. People talk to me about culture. I think of a Petri dish. But anyway, it says here, why are you downcast, O oh my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Why are you letting this go on? Hope in God. Hope in God, for I shall again praise him for the help of his presence. We've just celebrated the fact that his presence changes stuff. His presence, it doesn't always alter the circumstance, but it alters our attitude in the circumstance, which then often does alter the circumstance. You see what I'm at? Depends which way you look. You know, in that ark... Noah's ark, as far as I can gather, it only had one window, and it wasn't in the side to look at the circumstances, it was in the roof. So the only way he could look was look up, look unto God again. But in Haggai, paralleling this passage, what does it say? Ever so simply, he said, listen, I'm with you, says the Lord. I'm with you, now work. <laughs> Forgive me if I've told you this stuff before. I used to be a, a school teacher when you could still beat the kids. There's no fun in it anymore, is there? <laughs> in fact, my office was selected because it had a high ceiling. This is true. And so he didn't catch the cane on the backswing on the light. That's true. We used to keep the cane in a cylinder of uh, water so it was nice and supple. I quite fancied a cane in a lad's hand and see it wrapped round. But we never got quite that far. Anyway, I used to teach a bit of basic metal work, apart from PE. We used to call it craft for the daft. We used to get all those kids nobody wanted. I loved it. We could get them to do all sorts. One of mine held up a post office once. <laughs> he did. He dropped shotgun on the counter and said, fill this bag. Well, you would, wouldn't you? <laughs> Looking down barrel of one of them, or two barrels in this case. 
They did. They got this money and gyros and all the rest of it and went home with this bag. Postman phoned the police. He said, this chap's just held up the post office. The police went straight to his house and as he walked in the front door with his shotgun and bag of stuff, they were already in the house. said, thank you, you're nicked. He had it for half an hour, not spent a penny. Brains, he wish he'd got some. Metalwork, what did they say? Oh, help me with this, sir, will you? So there's his piece of work in the vice. I saw you need to file that bit there, look. So I get the file, and I'm showing him what to do. See? This is me filing, Janice. Okay. And um, I'm looking around, he's talking to his pal. And then I learned here what he meant by help me was do it for me. So, when anybody else said, will you help me with this, I took theirs out of the vice and put mine in. I said, now you need to do it like this. And you could see the disappointment in the face. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> well, when we ask God to help us for the help of your presence, he's not going to do it for you. He's going to enable you to do something. When we ask for help, it implies, inherent in that, asking for help is that you're going to actually do something, otherwise God has nothing to help. Praise God. So if you're feeling like this, if you're feeling like you've lost your way, you're very good. God's created you as very good if you're in Christ Jesus. In fact, Ephesians 2 verse 10 says we're created in Christ Jesus. I think the message says we're His masterpiece. Wow. I don't look like that first thing in the morning or last thing at night or any part of the day in between. But in the spiritual realm, that's how God assesses me. Why? Because He created me in Christ Jesus, to do good works. My title this morning, now I'm about halfway through, <laughs> is this, God wants to do something in you today, so He can do something through you. God wants to do something in you today, in this gathering, but it's not for you only, it's so he can do something through you. But this person was at a low ebb. And he had to talk to his own soul, his emotions, his intellect, and say, come on, time to hope in God again. Look somewhere different. Look somewhere different. Look again. In John 7... Jesus comes up with an answer. <laughs> Which we've sung. It's amazing, isn't it, what we sing? <laughs> John 7. Now, this is an interesting time for Jewish people that we're reading about here. Because this is the Feast of Tabernacles. And on this last day of the feast, what happened was that they would take a golden pitcher, a ewer, like a big vase thing, from the temple, and they'd go down to the pool of Siloam and fill it with water and carry it back to the temple. 
and then they'd pour it out at the threshold of the temple. Enacting Ezekiel 47, where we read about the river of life flowing from the altar out through the threshold of the temple, and that river flowed towards the east. Now, in theology, when you read about people going eastward, it is a picture of people going away from God. It speaks of apostasy when people are going east. But isn't it interesting that the river of life went towards those who had gone east? It flowed east. And everywhere that river went, in Ezekiel's prophecy, life came. Life came. Life came. It's the river of life. Now, what they would do <clears throat> is quote Isaiah 12, verse 3. While they were doing this, people would shout, with joy you will draw water from the springs of salvation. That's what they would say. Of course, the word for salvation in Hebrew is Yeshua. It's the same word that we would know as Jesus. They knew it as Joshua, Yeshua. So with joy you shall draw water. What's this? Life. It's speaking of life. You'll draw life from Jesus. That's why we're here. That's why we gather, to encourage one another. And as, if you like, have another fix of life. I heard Tony Ling once say, you're coming there and you're asking the preacher basically, I've got a tough week ahead. Here's my sword. Preacher, put an edge on that for me, will you? <laughs> and so whilst this is going on, we read this. Verse 37 of John 7, it says, On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. We've sung that the cup of Jesus never runs dry. Hallelujah. Let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart, out of his belly, out of his inmost being, will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive, for as yet the Spirit had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. We didn't wait. Jesus had been glorified. The Spirit has been given. Hallelujah and is available if we will receive. And that's what we need to do today. I don't believe we're here just to hear me prattle on. Because I can do it until tea time. And then I'll, that'll have done my introduction. It's not about that. It's about receiving something from God. Because some of you I already know are like that psalmist and I'm saying basically I've made a bog hole of life. I've mucked it up. I'm not how I should be. My thinking's not straight. My attitude stinks. My behavior's been awful. That's when we're being honest with ourselves. <laughs> and Jesus' answer is always come to me. Come to me. You know, you might be in the muck, but Jesus is not afraid to get his hands dirty. He doesn't put barrier cream on to deal with you and me. No. 
I read a children's story years ago, and it was about a little girl, and they're walking with this character who was obviously portrayed as Jesus, but he wasn't called that. And he had this brilliant white, white garment on. And she's got filthy hands, muddy hands. She's only about eight, and this thought went through her mind. Oh, I could just put a handprint on that. It'd be interesting, wouldn't it? Of course, you've never thought like that. I know up in Leeds. But down in Derbyshire. <laughs> and she thought, oh, I must just, I must just, I must just. And she did. And to her great surprise, the garment was not tainted in any way. But her hand was shining just like the garment. And there was one time, Mark, when a leper came to Jesus and said, Master, Lord, if you're willing, you make me clean. And Jesus said, I am willing. And he reached out and touched the man. Now, at best, he should have been ceremonially unclean. At worst, he could have caught leprosy. But not at any of that. It went the other way. Jesus was not tainted in any situation or anything like that. But the man was cleansed instantaneously. And you might say, well, I've not, lift, I've not lived like Jesus is even alive. Well, he knows that. Well, I've been sinning. Well, when you confess it, it's not when he found out about it. It's when you get rid of it. No, it's already forgiven. It's just the bondage on us. You know, if, if, I'd, if I knew I'd been in sin this morning, like I'd fallen out with Susan or kicked the cat, or, or that's not a bad idea, actually. But anyway, <laughs> if I'd done all those things... I could, I, I could still know that my sins were forgiven because he's paid for them already. But the thing is, I would have no confidence before you. So we confess it and we're forgiven. Praise God. We receive it. He says, come to me. Because the power we need is not found in a place. They were coming to the temple. It's found in a person. He's saying, if, if you're thirsty, if, if you're pump seems to be a bit weak and you, you're, not, you're not speaking to that well, you know, spring up a well. If that's not happening for you, why not cry again to Jesus? Because he's not cared how, he doesn't care how mucky you are, how much you've failed, how difficult you think life is. He will receive you. He's not scared of your situation. You might be, but he isn't. He's big, you know. God's big. He's not scared of much. He's not scared of anything. He's not short of resource. Can you imagine asking God for money? I do it all the time. We've got a lady coming to our church. <coughs> and she's had a few mental health issues before, not as a result of coming to the church. And, and she has this cuddly toy. She got it off a conveyor belt somewhere. But anyway, she got this cuddly, cuddly toy. And it's a, I thought it was a leopard. But she soon put me straight and said, no, it's a jaguar. And we were in a home group, and it was griller Christian time, and I was being grilled. And one of the questions was, would you pray for a jag, meaning this animal? And I thought, Lord, I've done that many a time, and for a Mercedes-Benz. <laughs> anyway, she didn't think it were funny either. <laughs> but I said, why won't God want you happy? I'm losing my way here a bit. I feel really heavy today. 
I've only had porridge for my breakfast. Anyway, come to Jesus. He wants the river to flow. And look at the economy of God. You come to Jesus for a drink, and the result out of you is rivers. What? You mean to say, I have a drink from Jesus, and it so affects me that there's a flow comes out of me. Perhaps your flow's stopped. God wants to get it going again this morning. Perhaps, perhaps you need a new infilling of the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying He doesn't reside in you, but I'm learning that the, the way that God does things, you, you ask, this Hebrew block logic's an interesting thing, isn't it? You know, you say to a rabbi, is it this or is it that? And he'll say, yes. But Joshua found that out. Are you for us or against us? No. Which one? No, I'm in charge. Oh, there's something else completely. Dan, some of you know Dan Russell. Daniel Russell? He sends his love, Mark. Yeah, he did a great... I'll do it up here. He did a great thing with us. You have to forget you can see my legs, okay? And he said, right, this is God. And this is what we know about God that is marvellous. He's got this here that can touch all these other ones and they can do things independently and make different shapes and turn round and we think it's wonderful and we've, we create a whole theology about this God that we know, which is okay until that happens. You see the point? And then we ask the question, because we're like this, were we incorrect then in what we thought? No, we're just incomplete. And God is continually revealing more of Himself. That's why we've got to be careful about criticizing brothers and sisters who are Christians, but they don't see things the same as us. But, but, you know, listen for a bit. They might have just something to share with us that will help us. But God wants us today to receive of His Spirit. He does. Because some are downcast. Some have got that conflict going on inside. Well, I thought you were a Christian. You're supposed to believe in this stuff, aren't we? I don't... It, you know, you drive to a meeting and you're coming up on the motorway, I'm thinking, I have on occasions thought, I really hope there's a God. I've been preaching this stuff for 30 years, near enough, and then you have things like, is, this, is there a God? And you think, why am I thinking that? That's ridiculous, all that is done. I'll tell you a little story. I had a little panic a while ago about finance. And I was with Dave Bunting and we were driving to Martin's house. You know where that is. <laughs> and um, I was saying to Dave, I think I'm going to have to sell one at cars. I mean, who needs 23 cars? <laughs> Interestingly enough, I'm going to sell Susan's car, not mine. <laughs> I'm going to have to sell a car. I said, because finance is getting a bit tight. I said, you know, I'm, I must be one of the few people in this country who actually want to pay tax. Because things have gone down, I'm just telling you how it is. I'm not asking you for any money, but my pockets are deep. <laughs> but 
Anyway, I'm on the way, and I'm digging a hole for myself. I'm like this psalmist. I remember when I was paying loads of tax, because I'm classified self-employed, I had to do it twice a year. And then I was moaning because I had to do it. We well, are mixed up lot, aren't I? I'll not put it on you. But anyway, I get to Martin's house. You know where that is. So do you. And he said, um, he was saying, we had a good home group last night. I said, oh, did you? What were you doing at home group then? He said, we are talking about faith. And our faith doesn't deny circumstances. And he read from Romans chapter 4 when it says, Moses, um, sorry, Abraham considered his body as good as dead, yet did not weaken through unbelief, but considered him faithful who'd made the promise. So he didn't deny that he was past it, but he knew a God who wasn't. So just like this psalmist, Martin's saying that, and it was just as though God had got a big Bible and smacked me back at head with it. And I felt ashamed. God's kept us as a family since 1988. Without salary. Since 1988. Why on that particular time, just a few weeks back, should I even consider God wouldn't look after us? Why? I was looking in the wrong place. I needed a new touch of the Holy Spirit to lift my perspective and get my eyes on God again. And, you know, we can look out at a church congregation and it's dwindled and dwindled and dwindled and we think, it's all over. It's all over. That's what the disciples thought when they saw their master crucified. And they laid him in a tomb. And it wasn't just Thomas that didn't believe. None of them believed. In fact, in biblical theology, one of the proofs of the resurrection is none of them believed it. He had to appear to them and say, it's me. Did they know about reduction in things before anything else grew? They sure did. Even Jesus, I've mentioned it, didn't I? Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and it dies, it'll stay as it is. But if it does, something will come out of it. Anyway, I was telling a friend about this episode, me not believing and getting all in a flummox and all of that. And I actually, I've got a big Bible, not this Mederinger, I've got a big one. And I actually, as I said, got, it's as though God hit me on the head with it. And I hit myself on the head. And I bent my glasses and cut my eye. <laughs> I did. And this young man I'm discipling, he thought it was tremendous fun. And Susan said, you shouldn't do that, you know. That's my job. <laughs> anyway, let me get on. Let's go in Isaiah. I believe God wants to touch us today. I'll be happy to pray with anybody. Wants a, fresh, a refreshing in the spirit. I believe God wants to do it. He wants to get your river flowing again. And it's not stagnant water, my friend. It's fresh water. It's fresh water. When you get into this, you come out cleaner. You don't get in this and come out dirtier like you do in the River Don. In fact, you can catch fish in the River Don now. When I was a boy, all you could catch was dysentery. But you can catch fish now. You can. <clears throat> Isaiah 41, please. Oh, Jesus, you're so kind. Verse 17. 
When the poor and needy seek water, and there is none, and their tongue is parched with thirst, I, the Lord, will answer them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. I will open rivers on the bare heights and fountains in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land springs of water. I will put in the wilderness the cedar, the acacia, the myrtle, and the olive. I will set in the desert the cypress, the plain, and the pine together that they may see and know, may consider and understand together that the hand of the Lord has done this. The Holy One of Israel has created it. Now, I've read that before. I think it'd be great. Rivers on the barren heights. I misread it and thought it was the barren nights. First, do you remember them? The drummer came and fitted our beds. He did. I said, I've seen you before somewhere. And I just thought he'd been in Chesterfield. He said, no, I was the drummer in, in the barren nights. And I actually said, I am sorry. <laughs> anyway. I did apologize then as well. But there's a cry in this city. And because it's a very large city, different regions will have a different cry. There's a place called Arkwright Town near Chesterfield, which has moved. They move the whole town from one side of the main road to the other side. In other words, they knocked all these terrace houses down and built a new estate and rehoused the people. It was all to do with the open cast mining and that kind of thing. But there was a cry in that city, whether it's a little village or not, we can call it a city. There was a cry, and it was a cry of pain to do with incest. Huge problem. Different now. How has it been different? God's done something because the saints began to intercede and pray, get before Him. Things are different now. I'm not saying it don't go on, but things are different now, a lot better than they were. I remember some pupils at the local school scared to death of the six weeks' holidays. Scared to death because they knew what was coming. It's horrendous. But there's a cry, the cry. The cry. There are people parched. They don't know God, but they want to. It's a little bit like Cornelius. There's a lot of good people in this city. Really good people. They give to the poor. Praise God. And what else do they do? They pray. But they've not had an encounter with the living Christ. They don't know Him. And it's knowing Him that is the definition of eternal life. They just need introducing to Him. My next door neighbor, special constable, very caring about the community. He's just a lovely bloke. He's got everything. He's doing all the Ephesians 2.10, the good works that we've been prepared in advance for us to do, yeah? He just needs to be created in Christ Jesus. <laughs> everything else is in place. He's already living it. Or as Dave Bunting it says, some people are better by nature than some are by grace. <laughs> and what Who's to say that God's not alive in them? We don't know, do we? Till we proclaim. But I'll tell you what, there's a cry in the city. And the God of Israel will not forsake them. So I'm sitting there or standing there. Bring it on, Lord. Let me see you do it. 
Well, how do you think he's going to do it? Those that have a living water flowing out of them. That's the way he's going to irrigate the mountains. That's where the rivers on the barren heights will come. It won't just be a magical thing and all of a sudden it'll be flowing. It'll flow out of every believer. It'll be this rich river of the Holy Ghost coming out of every single person. And you'll do it completely differently to me. Praise God. Because then you can reach people that you can relate to. And I won't get them in a thousand miles of them. But that's why we're all required. We all do it differently. Some do it with a cap on and some have a lot of sense. I'm sorry, Mark. No, too much glint there. Keep it on, youth. <coughs> we all do it differently, don't we? Don't we? We do. Some have a sense of humor and some don't. I'm telling you, some don't. We've got a lady in our church. I reckon she'll laugh, her head would fall off. <laughs> We're praying. Need to kill her to laugh. <laughs> Out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Talk about God wanting to do something in us so we can do something through us. We are the resource. We are the irrigation channels for this city. Or wherever you go, if you go out of the if go into Africa, wherever it might be, He flows. If we'll receive, He'll flow. It's His intention. Everything we've received from God is not for us only. I remember... Seeking out the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Long time ago, reading nine o'clock in the morning, Dennis Bennett's book. You remember, it was required reading by those that were pursuing these things. This Episcopalian, can you say that on a Sunday? Episcopalian priest who was looking for more than just dry, dusty words. And he encountered the Spirit of God and he caused him to be alive. And different things happened to him. And life, instead of being just a basic thing, became an adventure. And some of the things were, were a bit disturbing and some things were absolutely fabulous. But it was an adventure. Hallelujah. Who wants a plateau? No, there's a joy in climbing, isn't there? Sometimes it's a bit disappointing when you know you've got to go back down. There's a Michael Card song. It says, there's a joy in the journey. There's a light we can love on the way. And there is. I don't want to be bored. I want to be excited. And I, even at my exalted age, I got an eye infection the other day. We know Ralph, don't we? Ralph and Renuka. No? Ralph and Renuka, minister in Agra. Except he's, he's coming out of there and going into Germany again. But <clears throat> they were in our gathering. And I went to him. I'd got a very painful eye. And uh, he prayed for me. And instantaneously the pain went. But I'd already got an appointment with the doctor, which I kept. And he said, oh yeah, you've had a cyst that's burst. If it, had to, if it hadn't burst, we'd have had to cut it out. And the idea of knife and eye, I didn't really like it very much, particularly as it was my eye. <clears throat> but it had burst. He said, I'll just give you some antibiotics, and then you'll be, that'll just clear any infection up. Thank you. Went to the pharmacy, took out my NHS exemption certificate, and the young man said, oh, sir, at your age, you don't need that. 
my first perk of being 60. I don't need my exemption certificate. <laughs> but I'm still up for an adventure. Why do you think I get out into the countryside and explore Derbyshire and Yorkshire? My walking pal's not here today, is he? He owes me one. John. We, we do home and away each year and he owes me a walk. <laughs> and it's interesting, isn't it? We're walking last time. I said, here, John. John Casey I'm talking about. We're walking along just top of Frogger's Edge and I said, it reminds me of Emmaus Road, this. Except we're not downcast, are we? They were downcast. They were had hopers. And we're still full of hope. Praise God. I said, I tell you what though, you know the one that walked with those two? I reckon he's walking with us two, don't you? I said, the thing that amazes me is talking. And he sounds just like John Casey. Because God will talk through anything. Praise God. But he wants to refresh you today. Why? for you, to bless you, so that you can know again that with the struggles and stresses and strains of life, it might be health issues, it might be financial, it might be that your friends aren't your friends, and all the rest of that stuff that life throws up. It might be that your kids are running riot, it might be that they're okay and you're running riot. Whatever it might be, Come again to Jesus. He's not frightened of your situation. He's just not. He's not going to point the finger. Every single time I've knelt by my bed, and this is how I pray. Well, that's how I begin anyway. Starting off like this, and I pray, and Lord, I've messed up again. He said, I know. But he's never, ever accused me. He's never pointed the finger. He's never, ever come with a club. I'll sort you out, you little rascal. I would if it weren't mine. And you ask James and Andrew and all others, they've had some. And they needed it. <laughs> and we've got a photograph of home, at home of our James, who's now 32, holding onto gas fire in a Terry nappy. And he wasn't 13. And every time I see that photograph, I want to slap him. There's a look of defiance in his face. <laughs> this little boy, I want to slap him. Because, you know, we were told him not to hold on to that fire. I know it wasn't switched on. Boy, don't do it. Have you ever, parents, have you ever thought to tell your kids to do the wrong thing so that they'll rebel and do the right thing? Yeah. I bet none of you dare try. Because I don't. But I, I tell you, I want to. Don't matter whether you've messed up. Don't matter whether you've been a good parent or a bad parent. Jesus already knows. He wants you to come to him. Because he can do something about it. You see in Jeremiah 2 and verse 13, it says, my people have committed two evils. They've forsaken me, the spring of living water, and they've dug cisterns for themselves. Broken cisterns that can't hold water. In other words, they've neglected me and gone for self-help. And as everybody will tell you in here, self-help's no help at all, is it? Oh, you've all got self-help books, haven't you now? Yeah. I'd ask somebody to help me find one. It's ridiculous, isn't it? But anyway, <laughs> it's like Susan said, that Feng Shui book's in the wrong place. <laughs> she, oh, I love her for that. <laughs> Why don't you come to Jesus? How do we do that? Just, well, do something physical. Let's get physical. Phys it's 
one of Graham Kendrick's, that. Just make a move, do something. Because I'm going to invite you to do something, to receive again. And if you're filled to overflowing, well, for goodness sake, go and impart to somebody the good gift of God that you've received so that they can flow again. Because there's a cry. And we're part of the answer. We're part of the answer for this city. There's a cry. I'm dry. I'm desperate. Well, we can just make contact. Make contact. I'm just reminded of a picture I had, a, a vision I had. It wasn't for Leeds, but I think it may be appropriate to say it now. And it was of a, a tap which was running. Water was flowing out of this tap. And on the ground was a hose pipe which had not been used for some time. And the hose pipe was being connected to the tap, but the tap was not turned off whilst the connection was being made. And of course, the person trying to connect balked at it because there was stuff going everywhere as they tried to connect. And God was saying, don't balk at the mess. Persevere, get connected, and don't be too worried about what comes out of that pipe because that pipe was full of soil. It was filled with grit. It had got spiders in there and all sorts of other rubbish. And as it was connected, that sort of mayhem of the connection, that, that was okay. We sort of got through that. But now there was fear about what was coming out because it was like oil coming out. It was black and dirty and filthy. And God was saying, just stay connected, folks. Stay connected. Just stay connected because sooner or later it's going to run clear. Jesus wants you to run clear. Because when he talks about river, he's talking about his spirit. And I'm coming to understand that if you're in touch with the Holy Spirit, you get Jesus and the Father as well. You can't divide them. You can't split them up. We tend to do it to try and explain. People told me that the Holy Spirit was the third person of the Trinity. It's often used, that expression, in Christian circles. But I thought that God was top dog and then there's Jesus and, then, and it was this hierarchical thing. I don't believe that anymore. I believe they're God. And you get one, you get them all. Time to reconnect, folks. Just let me finish with this out of that Isaiah passage. I will open rivers on the bare heights and fountains in the midst of the valleys. And as John said, from above, you can't tell the difference. I will put in the wilderness the seed of the acacia, myrtle, and olive. I'll set in the desert the cypress, the plain, and the pine together. None of those grow in deserts. Deserts and thorns and thistles are symptomatic of the curse. And God is going to use us to turn around the curse or the effects of the curse. Jesus broke the curse, actually, on Calvary. He became a curse, so that it released people from the curse. But the effects of it are still around. And so through this flowing out from us, there gets a re people are refreshed and touched, and life will come, but the curse will be reversed. And we'll see good things 
in barren places. Good things in wastelands. Really good things where you don't expect them to be. Why is that? It's because nature of God. You come in your dirt wanting to put a nice dirty handprint on his white clothes and all of a sudden you've got the same white hand as he has robe. Father, we give you thanks this morning that you're here. We want to thank you that there's nowhere we can go where you're not. Hallelujah. Even if I make my bed in Sheol, behold, you're there. Father, I thank you that we can not just be in your presence, but we can know it. We can sense it. We can feel it. I thank you, Lord, that you've come to dwell within. And Father, I ask today that you would refresh us with your spirit. Touch us once again. Cause that flow to bubble up out of us so that we might be those that refresh others and see the effects of the curse turned round to bring light into darkness, life into death. Hallelujah. Father, and see people turn from Satan to God. Lord, we bless you and thank you. I thank you for this community of believers here. I pray your blessing on this church and its ministry into the city and the areas beyond. Father, I thank you that your ordaining of this company of believers is to be beyond what they are now. I, want to th I don't care how it seems right now. I want to thank you that you've ordained that life shall flow. And so, Father, we receive it and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. This house, we are real. But we also make mistakes. And when we do, we make sure we say, I'm sorry. We give second chances to anyone we also have lots of fun. In this house, we definitely forgive. We also do loud. And we give the best hugs. We are family. And in this house, that means we are